0: This is episode 65 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 65 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today I have Kevin McCarty on the show and Kevin is gonna talk to us about rent-to-own investing. He's been an investor for roughly 10 years and he's managed to do a very profitable rent-to-own portfolio of uh, eight properties at the moment. He's also started his own company called Waypoint Properties and he's looking to continue to grow aggressively. In the mix with all that, Kevin also talks about some flips that he's done and how he negotiates deals. He's a very impressive guy. He's got a great attitude. He talks specifically about how he's managed balancing his work and his real estate investing and managed to grow his portfolio smoothly with the least possible effort by utilizing the rent to own model, which allows him to be much more hands off than other types of real estate investing. For those of you who are not familiar with rent to own investing, that's when you actually buy a property for a tenant with the expectation that you're eventually going to sell the property for that tenant at a premium price over top of today's price. Uh, And in the interim, you collect a higher cash flow than you would get on other. Other types of properties. It's an interesting concept and it's one that we don't often get into uh, with a deep dive. So today's conversation was really great. In some sadder news, this week we lost a very important figurehead in the real estate investing community in Stefan Arnio. And uh, while I didn't always agree with things he said, one thing I really did appreciate about him is that he thought a lot about a lot of topics and uh, he shared a lot of really, really great wisdom. And uh, I know he is going to be missed. So that is a very sad, uh, sad thing to happen. And of course, some wishing the best for his family and anyone who was close to him. With that being said, and just before we get into the episode, I did wanna say one more time here, if you're new to the podcast, please make sure that you go right back to episode one. Uh, If you wanna get the most possible value out of this, I deep dive into a lot of numbers early on and a lot of the fundamentals of real estate investing and doing the Burr model. So if that's something you're interested in, I highly recommend going right back to the beginning and following the chronology all the way through. But without further ado, Please enjoy today's episode with Kevin McCarty. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Kevin McCarty here. Am I saying that right? Yeah, that's right. Yep,
1: McCarty. Yeah. Yep, Scottish.
0: Scottish. Okay, awesome. Well, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on, Kevin. I know we've been trying to line this up for a while.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure uh, being on the podcast today. Uh, I've been listening to you for a long time, and uh, yeah. I look forward to it, yeah.
0: Since the beginning, I think. Yeah, pretty yeah. much.
1: Yeah, my commute, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Are you a pilot as well?
1: Yeah, I'm with WestJet. Well, currently laid off currently, uh, yeah. as of Friday, so obviously the uh, the travel industry is taking quite a toll with uh, COVID, but um, yeah, so yeah. I've been with WestJet for about uh, six years now, so...
0: Okay, so why don't we just start off with you kind of given the overall picture of what your life looks like norm, under yeah. normal circumstances, uh, and and, and, uh, and obviously includes real estate investing?
1: Sure, yeah. So um, I've, going back flying wise, I started flying in uh, 2011 2000, or, sorry, 2001, 2002. I uh, started investing in real estate in 2011, 2012. Um, I did all my training in London, Ontario at Empire aviation um so i did uh, a couple years there and then from there went on to um, uh, doing some uh, flight instructing and then down to the caribbean actually for about five years was my first job um so i flew down south for about five years uh came back flew for Porter airlines uh, at the island airport for about five years and then uh, on to WestJet from there so i've been in um, aviation for about uh, 15 plus years and like I said, I've been, um, I've been investing in real estate since 2011, 2012 is when I kind of got into it. Uh, just about the time I came back uh, from the Caribbean, started at Porter. Uh, I was doing a lot of reading down south, a lot of free time on the beach and such. So I started really looking into you know, um, my future, um, going back to when I was in flying. I actually bought a house with a friend of mine near Western University, um, which actually when I sold it, my friend moved down to Ohio for a job at the time worked out well. When we sold it, I actually paid off uh, all my flying. So that kind of triggered something in my mind. Hey, I'm onto something here. Uh, I still went down the uh, path of aviation and um, yeah, I never really looked back. It was it was a good uh, mix, a good blend with uh, real estate investing. So I started off with a buy and hold in 2011. So
0: nice. Yeah. yeah. And now you, You've gotten yourself into another, uh, well, specifically, I think you said rent to own was kind of your bread and butter, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah. So last year we started Waypoint Properties. Myself, my wife helps me on sort of an administrative side. Uh, we're looking to grow as well. Uh, kind of pre-COVID, we were actually looking at maybe hiring some more people, which we still might do this year. But um, it's really been quite uh, quite a pleasant experience over the past uh, year starting that. But yeah, so I started with rent uh, with uh, rent to own in about 2012. My second property was a rent to own property that my uh, a good friend of mine, a realtor in London, brought to me. Um, said, hey, I think you might be interested in this. Why not, you know, give it a shot? So I did that. That one, unfortunately, didn't work. Uh, but I continued to do some buy and holds. Um, my first buy and hold was near Fanshawe College. It wasn't a student rental, but uh, it's i took over the tenants, which wasn't great either. So you learn a lot, you know, as you go. That's the whole name of the game. But um, it, it ended up doing quite well with it. I sold that one about uh, a year and a half ago. So I held that one mm-hmm. for a long time just because it was so easy. It's just a townhouse near Fanshawe. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, so I, uh, I did the rent to own in 2012 and then basically I've done one a year sort of from there on personally up until last year as well as a couple other flips and things like that and I yeah. uh, got really, I honed in on the rent to own strategy. Um, last year, yeah.
0: So, is there a specific reason that you said you've been doing one one a year? Um, yeah. So, those were presumably all rent to owns, or, or not all? Some of those were just buy and holds.
1: No, those were it was a mix. So, I did a couple buy and holds. Um, mm-hmm. So, I had I had three and three under my belt uh, just combined holds. Uh, I JV'd one with my mom and dad, which was uh, quite interesting as well. <laughs> um, and then we um, and then I just started, yeah, I just did the uh, rent to own stuff all on my own, but one a year just for cash flow. I just liked it. It was easy. Yeah. I liked that they had uh, skin in the game and it seemed to be pretty easy to manage. I did them all in London. Um, at the time I was in Toronto. So again, they were easy to manage. My dad's an right. accountant, so he could kind of take care of the bookkeeping. It was very simple. So again, it, it went really well with my job. So,
0: okay. So I actually wasn't familiar that you were, uh, you were in London with, uh, with your investments. Um, yeah. is that where they all are now? Or do you have anything left in London?
1: Um, I don't have anything left in London right now. We're actually, uh, actually right now we're working on a private deal on a five plex, um, in the East end. Um, so that's kind of where I'm, I'm heading, um, as well with, with, uh, real estate, but, um, no, all, all London, but all the rent to owns are all over Southwestern Ontario. So that's been the, the great mm-hmm. thing. We kind of, I kind of stay within an hour radius of Brantford where I am now. Okay. Um, so we've been doing them all over Brantford, uh, Strathroy, London, St. Thomas. So in that corridor, Okay.
0: So that's all, that's all acceptable. And and we'll we'll dig into why rent to own works for you at a distance in a second. So right now, snapshot of your portfolio, what's it look like?
1: Yeah. So right now we're holding eight rent to owns uh, currently under joint venture partnerships. Um, I just finished our latest flip. My wife really wanted to get into it. We had a good opportunity. It's actually a house that was three doors down from us. So we've kind of always dabbled with, we bought houses, lived in them for a bit and then sold them. We have Mm -hmm. two kids. So that kind of slowed things down a little bit over the last few years. Um, but we, um, we've kind of been dabbling a little bit in the, the, the uh, flip business, I guess, if you will, but more or less living in it and then moving out. So this opportunity came about, uh, a gentleman passed away and they were having a content sale. So we actually went through it just, you know, thinking maybe they're selling it, maybe not. And also just to, just to have a look at the house. And I got chatting with the executor and, um, yeah, they right away. They were interested and uh, we made an offer and a little bit that weekend that uh, we put it together. And, uh, that was back in October, late, late October. Uh, and we recently just sold it. So, um, we were right on time uh, and right on budget. So it worked out quite well. And we did, we actually sold it privately. So so you,
0: you flipped the property. We're both on time and on budget. Yeah. That's I like know.
1: remarkable. I know that's and like COVID, a unicorn. <laughs> I know. I know. Especially with COVID and everything. We were quite lucky. Um, yeah. Someone approached us privately. So, um, yeah, yeah, I work. Oh, that's there.
0: amazing. Do you yeah. mind sharing sharing that deal? I'd love to sure. to hear how that one that yeah, one shaped up. Absolutely.
1: Out. Yeah, sure. I knew you would. So uh <laughs> yeah, we um we purchased that one for uh five hundred thousand. Um so we borrowed some money uh from my father in law for that uh, okay. down payment portion. We put the money in for the renovations. We came in uh just under ninety thousand for the renos, including closing costs. If I'm going too fast, like, you no know, closing. No,
0: costs. no. So closing costs, reno's, yeah, carrying, reno, costs. carrying
1: costs, everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Insurance was actually Sarah Larby told me about uh, uh, how expensive um, insurance is when you're doing a flip. Uh, had I not known, I would have been pretty surprised. But uh, we, we prepared for that. Um, yeah prior to purchasing, like we,
0: doing like a builder's risk policy.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I was quite shocked by how expensive it was, but again, it's part of, you know, it, it, it's part of the whole flipping business. So yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And if you go quick, like uh, they, they do refund you the, if you sell it early. So yeah. I mean, there, there is ways, uh, but
1: I, yeah, I remember paying like
0: 400 bucks a month, you know, That's, stuff like that. Yeah. We were just under yeah.
1: 500 bucks a month, but again, we were, we yeah. gave ourselves uh, four to six months. So from the time we started to the time we mm-hmm. we sold it, so that it all worked out. Um, Yeah. So five, 500, we put 90 into it.
0: So you're in for 590 for purchase, uh, purchase and approve.
1: Okay. Yes, that's right. Yep. Um, we did, uh, there was some actually asbestos that we actually removed. Mm-hmm. Um, that was about 13 grand, but that was all included, but that wasn't yeah. part of the original plan. We were going to try and stick around like 75, 80. So that okay. kind of put us, I guess, over in a sense, but we, we were okay with that. Uh, we knew we'd probably sell yeah. it to a young family in this neighborhood and the, the demographic sort of pointed towards like, let's, let's get it done properly. So, so was that, that's Brantford? That's Brantford. Yeah. And yeah. What kind
0: of house does 500 K buy you? Yeah.
1: So that was actually, it, it was, it was a good one for our neighborhood. So our neighborhood is uh, 1960s, 1970 homes. Uh, it, it was bungalow. Actually, uh, this was actually a uh, two story, uh, okay. Cape Cod style. It was, um, 2200 square feet with a double car de- 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 detached garage. Wow. That's nice. Uh, yeah. It was nice. Uh, four bedrooms, So all the bones were there. The roof was done recently. Uh, All all the mechanical stuff was updated, Uh, 200-amp, new high-efficiency furnace. So everything was there that we were looking for. And, um, again, it's hard to get that space uh, in our neighborhood, so we were attracted to that from the beginning. And the fact that it was only a couple doors down made it really easy to manage with kids, and I was still flying and stuff. So, um, yeah, so we we were on budget. Uh, We did the custom kitchen, just more cosmetic other than the – well, they asbestos. this, and then we did the updated electrical on it as well, just to bring it up um, to code. Everything, and then um, yeah, it was basically four months to the day that we finished the Renaults So amazing. Yeah.
0: Okay, so what did you end up selling it for?
1: So we ended up selling it uh, privately for uh, six forty five. So okay now. Yeah.
0: Nice. So a tidy little $55,000 profit.
1: Yeah. Not bad. Not bad for, not
0: bad for four months.
1: Yeah. It was all right. Yeah. Yeah. So with uh, a little longer of a close, but the people that bought the house, they ended up, they sold their house within a day and it worked out Mm -hmm. really well. They were a little nervous with the COVID stuff, but it worked. And you
0: sold it during, during COVID.
1: Yeah. So we had people approach us actually um, as we were doing the Brenos, you know, nosy neighbors and and people just kind of poking and saying Mm -hmm. hello, seeing what's going on in the neighborhood. It's pretty tight knit community in the neighborhood. So a lot of eyes on us, which was kind of nerve wracking in a sense, because there's a bit of pressure yeah, and yeah. we want to continue doing this, um, at least do maybe one a year or two a year. Um, but my primary focus still goes back to rent own.
0: Yeah. And again, we will, we will get that to that in just a second. Um, sure. with this, you went in, you had some confidence around 75 K, uh, where did you do the rentals yourself or hire your own subcontractors?
1: yeah, we hired subcontractors again, being, you know, uh, from Brantford, well, you know, not originally from Brantford, but being here for about six, seven years, we had a good idea of who we wanted to use. Uh, again, the problem was availability. Um, but we managed it well, everything I said worked on worked well and, and on time. Yeah. So yeah, we, uh, I did, I ripped out like the kitchen and stuff, anything I could do like yeah. put sweat equity. In, I did, but so I'm you did some sweat,
0: that. sweat equity called in the people when needed. So yeah. you did a brand new kitchen like Ikea or something like that.
1: Yeah, we did a custom kitchen. The same people that did, uh, uh previous house so they did the kitchen and, and the floor so it's the same company so they have an in-house uh okay. custom kitchen department so there's about 20 that was the higher uh part of the budget was the, the kitchen so and the bathrooms obviously so
0: so, so you did kitchens bathrooms like renos, like got got the kitchen got the bathroom kind of thing yeah, not like, to the studs but to the drywall
1: yeah like the basement we did the rec room in the basement down to the studs put all new insulation in there um there's a mud room off the back uh what they call like a muskoka room like three <laughs> season sunroom uh, we ripped the ceiling, the drop down there, put all the new drywall in, all new drywall down in the basement with some new insulation in that yeah. mudroom and in the basement, just, just clean it up, paint the fireplace, uh, put wide plank um, laminate uh, or vinyl, sorry, and yeah. all throughout the main floor. So in, into the bathroom yeah. and stuff. As well.
0: So 2,200 square feet to do that reno, you know, kind of mostly lipstick, but new kitchens, new bathrooms. That's, that's, yeah, you're doing, you're doing a nice tight budget there. Yeah, it was tight.
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 But it worked out.
0: Okay. Is that your first, well, you've done a couple of flips, right? You said, yeah,
1: we've done some previous ones. Like I said, that we had, you know, we purchased to live in. Um, and then we actually bought a house that we're in currently now off a builder. Um, and he went bankrupt. So he was, it was an infill house. So he knocked the house down. It was a double wide lot. Um, personally, if I would have done it back, I would have tried to put two houses on it. Um, you know, now that I look back on it, but this was three, four years ago when he started the project and I could tell that he was struggling after about a year and a half, almost two years, the project still wasn't complete um and so i i had always been chatting with him uh, you know walking by the house and i'd see him there i'd see his truck and kind of just saying you know i'd be interested in i you don't know what you're doing with it and then you know again being from Brantford in a small town the the, the rumors started that maybe he might be going under so uh, i gave him an offer and um he accepted pretty quickly so we finished that as well which was pretty cool as well to do as well um unique in the sense that it was a custom home and we could finish it it was kind of a shell so mm-hmm. we could do everything. But um, it was a bit over my head. But, um, you know, again, you learn a lot as you go. So I'm glad I did it.
0: Yeah, if you got the right attitude about this stuff, you <laughs> yeah. can do it, right? I mean, absolutely. I remember doing my first one. So many people tell me, no, you can't do it. You won't, you know, you're, you're so screwed if you don't hire a general contractor. I'm like, I can't afford a general contractor. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I yeah. guess I'll have to figure it out.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's the name of the game, right? So I mean, even with the flip, there's things I would do differently now that, I, you know, I've learned. And, yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, so it's part That's- of it that's the one hard thing you look back on your old projects, you're like, wow, I do that so much different, uh, yeah. than, you know, than I, you know, than this now, but you know, that's the thing yeah. about growth, right? You're constantly learning how to do things better. And, yeah. um, I, I guess if to put it in perspective, no matter how bad you or I might think our older product is, it's still better than so much of what's out there. It's Absolutely. just like little things that bug, you know, might bug you or I. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. Um, one other thing that you mentioned, and we, I don't want to breeze over, I, I guess you've probably been noticing this and a lot of investors have probably been noticing this for some reason this year, insurance is up across the board, like everywhere, yes. whether yes. it's construction insurance uh, for, they call it builder's risk, uh, whether, whether it's uh, just your homeowner policy, for some reason, there was a lot of claims in the last year and yes. everybody's policies went up like 50%, 40%, uh, yeah hoping that goes back down but uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's all about their numbers right so names yeah. it's it's not so good yeah again why it's so important to have a buffer of cash flow so that that doesn't uh, that doesn't uh, wreck your numbers so
1: absolutely we were lucky too in that flip just one more point on that our carrying costs were quite low um, being that we borrowed a substantial amount and and we structured it properly with my my father-in-law so um, that was great and uh, and and that kind of gave us a little bit of a buffer on that end so again just doing research uh, you know born of the right club listening to Sean Allen speaks to some other people in the real estate community, yeah. uh, yourself in the podcast, you know, you can learn quite a bit just from, just from that alone. So, um, yeah. but I think you really learn, obviously when you get into it to the nitty gritty and start, you know, digging into it, but that's just the way it is. Right.
0: Absolutely. I think to some degree, like this podcast is a lot more helpful once you've already dug in a little bit. Yeah. Um, of course, if you haven't dug in at all, like the first 10 episodes are really good for that because it's just sure. like basic numbers and stuff. But yeah, yeah. I mean, once you've kind of done some rentals, then you kind of hear some of the things that I'll say, cause I've done a, a bunch of that, you know, then I feel like that that's helpful. That's kind of how I learned. So that's why I try and structure it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm definitely considering, you know, what else I can do to kind of add value now that we're in the COVID, you know, type of thing. And um, I just did like a little economics, uh, session on the last one, which was pretty much just me ranting about economics for,
1: I heard it. yeah. I, heard it. I was on the treadmill. I heard it. Yeah. And I also just listened to a guy, I forget his name. He was on uh, 30 minutes to Wealth. there an economist. Just- oh yeah. Economist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Carl or something. Yeah.
0: Well, see the thing, the thing with that is, uh, you know, not to go down too much of a tangent is, is sure. uh, economists are biased towards the institution they're employed with. Mm-hmm. And so they have to say something that sort of lines up with their institution Blimey. and, and the bias is, is why I thought, you know what, I'm just gonna you know kind of go bare bones. How have things changed for you? I mean, you got laid off, you know, where are you spending your time now? Where are you focusing now that this has happened?
1: Yeah, sure, um, I've always, wanted to get in real estate for a reason so the end goal was maybe to leave aviation eventually Um, i have a very supportive wife i have two young children so i I was always very strategic um to see what i could do again being back back to the rent to own the cash flow i was always chasing cash flow and we do um medicals once a year in aviation so if i lose my medical um i could be out of a job i mean you could go on short term then possibly long term but you know you can't that's not sustainable so i always thought of real estate as a background uh, a backup sorry to you know my job so um covid's obviously changed things quite a bit uh, we, i was in the first round of layoffs um it's a big company we have 2300 pilots so we employees so i kind of knew there was early rumblings that you know layoffs were inevitable coming and in probably Early March. So I was already prepared for that, I guess, um, if you want to call it emotionally, whatever. But mm-hmm. um, I'm just not one to sit around. So um, I just look at this as an opportunity. Um, I actually reached out to someone I've, I've uh, as of last week, hired a coach and mentor um, that we're going to start on June 1st. Um, someone who I've known for a long time. And I always make excuses that I haven't had the time to do it. So uh, I have the time now, and uh, I'm, I'm going to take this next. Who knows how long? It could be a year. It could be two years. Depends on COVID. If it ramps back up, how people we I, we won't get back to you know the levels we were at in aviation, especially in Canada. I, I don't foresee until three years plus. Is kind of uh, the numbers that we're hearing. Um, but um, yeah, so it's changed a lot. It's changed a lot in also real estate, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about the economy, insurance, and also. Uh, with my own rent to own stuff, it's, it's, it's been a bit of an eye opener. So,
0: so are you seeing, um, are you seeing uh, not not to graze over the three year time horizon oh, no. is terrifying. Yep. Um, and and I, I hope that that's not true. Uh, I keep, I keep holding out hope that that will come to our census and realize that, you know, we, we do need to make a move and adjust our approach here. Uh, yeah. But are you seeing your tenants, you know, still able to make payments? I mean, you mentioned they're invested and this is where we'll kind of dive into that. Uh, sure. They're invested in the property and more than just, you know, I'm a tenant. They, they have an interest in buying, but are you seeing them still making
1: payments as as per usual? Yeah, we've been really fortunate. So we're a hundred percent April 1st and May 1st. So we've been really lucky. Um, I would just call it that. It's just luck. Obviously going uh, further down the road, we're underwriting two deals right now uh, that look very promising. One is a nurse uh, and the other guy works for uh, a government uh, company or a government and also has his own company on the side. So mm-hmm. we're very confident with that one as well. So um, yeah, so I, I, I look at it as, um, you know, everything's always shifting and you have to kind of uh, pivot and change with yeah. time. So I'm a, I'm a system, I'm a checklist guy just coming from aviation background. So I, I have my, my checklist in, in place, whether I'm doing a flip, whether I'm doing, uh, you know, looking at a fiveplex, whatever the case may be. Uh, even right now with homeschooling, I, you know, my wife laughs at me, but I have a checklist up on the board of, you know, every week just to keep, I like structure. Um, yeah. and I just, it just makes things work easier. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're we're basically just forging ahead with the rent to owns, but being very cautious. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're asking for now more of a overall down payment because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. So we used to do some about ten percent. We're now trying to underwrite the deals with a little bit more um, of a down payment, yeah. and we're obviously screening the tenants a heck of a lot more with regards to their occupation. Uh, we're only really accepting dual applicants at this point, so at least there's two incomes. Um, I'm not saying we wouldn't, you know, we turn around turn off someone that's not, uh, you know, a single uh, income provider, but, um, we're definitely underwriting a little bit different than we were on school.
0: Yeah. And are you, are you finding, and we're going to come back to that too, uh, sure. just, you know, tenant tenant selection, but are you finding, yeah. um, you know, that the cash flow is, is that like enough for you as is right now? Like you're like you, you don't really need your work income, like, is, or do you need kind of a blend of, of this and, you know, sort of uh, EI?
1: Yeah, I'm still, I'm still in a blend. Um, for sure. Uh, I wasn't quite ready to go all in on real estate, but I was definitely, you know, I had a, I had a five-year plan, let's say. So, Mm -hmm. um, like I'm turning 40 this year. So I have all these again, going back to, you know, checklist systems. I have certain things that I want to hit at certain stages in my life. And for some reason, 40 is a big one for me. So definitely on track, this is going to set us back a little bit. Uh, my wife's a stay-at-home, but I, you know she does help me uh, with some real estate stuff as well. Um, but um, yeah, no, it's it's definitely something that it, you know it's it's a bit stressful. But we were we were always looking at rent, own, and other things as cash flow. So we do have some income coming in, which is great. We made a little money off the flip, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll continue to seek deals on that end too. Uh, I think there's going to be some good opportunities ahead, which we can you know again not going on a side tangent, but there's going to be some opportunities that will arise in the next little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, we basically, we, we have enough saved. I mean, we're good, we're good for the foreseeable future, I guess. But, uh, -hmm. it's always a bit scary when there's two to three year outlooks that, you know, I may be unemployed, but, um, right. We do our best to mitigate it.
0: Well, fortunately, there are other industries that are still you know, still thriving. There's always opportunity. Yeah. And like you said, there's still going to be real estate. People still need a place to live. That's why I always loved the idea of having real estate because no matter what, even if the economy and everybody has to stay at home, well, they got to have a home to stay in. That's right. Um, so, So this is where I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about tenant selection because I'm actually going through it right now. And everything I used to look for, you know professional you know somebody such as yourself, pilot that'd be great yeah. uh you know want want them as your tenant, and now it's like everything you thought was one way is actually the other way and right. um the vast majority of the applicants I had for the unit i'm I'm just in the process of filling right now were all people who were basically unemployed you know they right. they had good jobs but not anymore right. and uh we never, like you and I, we don't know how long this is going to be. And I don't want to put a new tenant in that's, that's relying on, um, you know, government assistance right now, um, not to discriminate. I mean, of course, there's a situation where I'd consider it. But if I'm, if I have the option, I'd rather somebody who's working. And, uh, you know, so I was able to find uh, a couple of people that are actually in a, in the security business, which is essential. And it's just so funny. There was probably a different tenant I would have picked otherwise, but because of the situation that they're the ones, um, but I have been fortunate as well. I've only had maybe one tenant not pay on time. Um, one, I actually just forgot to cash the check. I just realized I didn't even cash the April check. This is why I don't yes. like checks, man. Yes, yes, <laughs> My auto yeah. deposit system, I have everybody, yes. but, but two on checks or on auto deposit. So then I'm like, Oh crap, <laughs> there's a yeah. check here. Um, yeah. so uh, hopefully that doesn't bounce, but, uh, you can plan things one way, but this is why cash and cash base and cash flow is so, so important, right? Can you imagine yeah. if you, if you were borderline on your properties and now that your tenant stops paying, and then all of a sudden, maybe you got to do a roof <laughs> right. and landlord tenant boards closed for another year and a half or whatever it is. My yeah, God. You know, know what I mean? That's a recipe yeah. for disaster. It's hindsight at this point for some people, but if there's anything like, I know some people are like looking to take advantage of this. Are, are you prioritizing cash now prior to doing a deal? You're, you're going to want more cash.
1: Uh, yes and no. I mean, like I said, we, we've and we've always been kind of prepared in some regard for, you know, a loss of jobs. So we've always been kind of, Ready for if something did happen to me with my medical or like I said earlier. But um, if the right deal comes on the table, like like this fiveplex seems to be very promising. Well, we're gonna we're gonna look at. I just have to look more into my whole goal was to get into one of those deals on my own to begin with, um, or have a silent partner JV where I can just you know pay them out. But um, now I'm looking. I'm just shifting gears. So more maybe bringing on a JV partner under that. Um, I've already reached out to someone that might be interested. But um, I'm still chasing cash flow with rent owns. So that's them, that's the main, yeah.
0: main property, but, yeah. And you said those are all JV, all your, your rentals. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell tell me a little bit about how you got into to rent to own? Like where you learned the concept, um, if you had help, and and give me some of the fundamentals. Just some people won't even know what rent to own is, so let's right. let's just give them a, a recap.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I, um, again, I start my first one I did was 2012. So it was a friend of mine from, from London. He was a real estate agent. Um, he had done some, he brought it to me. I qualified for that one on my own, uh, did that one completely on my own, made a ton of mistakes. Um, I, I, I think I was going to do a three-year deal on that one, a three-year term. And it turned into a four plus uh, just absolute mess. But the bottom line is they walked away from it. And it's not how I want it to end, but mm-hmm. I probably made more money in the end. Uh, but it was, I didn't go, I didn't come away from it feeling good. I did. I felt, yeah. you know, and even I, I didn't really know a lot of the, um, the rules at the time, uh, how to be a landlord. It just, it was, again, it was easy throughout the process, but there, it was easy for a reason. I wasn't monitoring their credits. Um, the husband went out and, uh, leased a truck, I think two or three months before the three year term was due for like forty, forty-five thousand $45,000. Just, you know, just not really yeah. good on my end. And also it, it was both parties. So, uh, basically learned a lot from that and then again just from doing i had some successful ones and it it was a win-win and i thought well you know if i can home in on the strategy again with the cash flow, i looked at student rentals i looked at all all options mm-hmm. um but i really i really liked the idea of rent to own just for the simple fact of not having to be in the same city i always like the idea of yeah. not having to be in the city i'm living in i didn't really know where my career was going to take me at, at you know different stages so uh, I knew I could kind of self-manage it from, even if I had to move, even provinces, I didn't, I didn't know where I'd end up. So uh, luckily I ended up where I am now and still close to where all my rent-to-owns are and, and have been over the years. So um, yeah, it, it worked out really well. And again, it, the cash flow is what uh, what drew me to it and helping families, obviously. Yeah,
0: yeah there's a lot of wins. And just for anyone yeah. who's, who's not familiar with the concept, so rent-to-own is where you have a tenant that wants to buy the house, can't yet qualify. Uh, hopefully they've got, uh, have good income and good down payment, but their credit for some reason is bruised. If they, they had a situation in their life where they maybe lost their job or had a major severe illness uh, and it caused them to maybe have a bankruptcy or something like that, where it's a blip on their credit, but they're technically still really fundamental, uh, fundamentally good tenants, good homeowners. They just need to get a certain amount of ta- credit history uh, before they'll be able to qualify with a bank. So this is where someone like Kevin would come in and basically be able to help them in the short term. Now, the reason this is a really great investment for uh, a, a real estate investor is because the tenant is actually putting down a small down payment. They call it a, uh, I guess, an options credit, uh, yeah. basically. So they basically, maybe it's $10,000 or you said like 10% or 15%.
1: Yeah. So uh, we're typically ten ten thousand $10,000 down payment or 3% of the purchase price. Now 3% yeah. doesn't typically work unless you're down in maybe the Windsor area or something like that, but mm-hmm. we're, we're usually 10,000 and opposite. Is our yeah.
0: Uh, and then the idea would be so you've got that amount plus a certain portion of their rent every month accumulates so then at the end they've saved up a down payment uh with you over the course of time and um so you're are do you aim to have them set up with six or seven percent down payment by the end of the term
1: yeah so originally we were doing a lot of underwriting with five percent if they're first-time home buyers but somewhere in that range five to ten percent now with covid moving forward april on um we're working on those two deals, so ten percent minimum now. Yeah, uh, and then self-employed always ten percent. Uh, we work with um, a mortgage broker; have a, a third-party mortgage broker works on our team. So we mm-hmm. send all the app. We got to do our own due diligence, and then if it looks like our meets our initial screening uh, through our website, there's an there's an application. You can it, it's just basically a form, an yeah. informal application, and then we'll we'll look at it. If they meet that, we'll make a phone call. we schedule a fifty-minute kind of a, just a quick overview of your application get a feel for them because that's another yeah. thing too with the, the screening, right? you can, that gut feeling that everyone talks about, you can oh, yeah. sense that even over the phone or these days via, you know, zoom calls. We've done some zoom calls lately. Um, but before going back previous to do my own owns and I was trying to build a business, I was on the phone all the time or emails or messenger and I was wasting a lot of time. So I, I knew I realized very quickly I need to set up again, uh, better systems and get a website and spend some money on the website. Mm-hmm. That way I can, have a formal application. If I'm going to do this, I want to do it properly. So we've kind of scaled and grown that way. I joined, um, care uh, last fall, which is the Canadian association of rental and professionals with uh, Alfonso as the, uh, I think co-founder and and on the board there. So that's been uh, an integral part to, uh, learning and our, and our business. Uh, they hold a summit once a year, this year in October was in Niagara Falls. So just being in and around, you know, like-minded investors. Yeah. There were some people that were just learning about rent-to-own and then there were some of the big rent-to-own players across Canada. So, yeah. um, yeah. S- so
0: when you started, were you just like, I read a book, learned about the concept, I can do this.
1: Mark Lofler's book is kind yeah. of what set me off. I actually, yeah,
0: I read I, the same I, one.
1: I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of the, the rent-to-own uh, Bible. So we kind of went to, uh, you know, look for that for guidance, uh, very simple, easy, easy read. Um, and then, yeah, just kept learning again, just going back to that again with learning as, as I did each rent to own. And then I started seeing them close and, and getting the, uh, mm-hmm. those tenants in place uh, with the screening. So, again, you just evolve. And then I took it to the next level last year to start a waypoint.
0: The, uh, I think the biggest challenge is, um, you know, in theory and I was just having this conversation with, with someone uh, today. Um, in theory, you know, the numbers can look good, but the numbers can lie if, if, if you don't have the systems in place, like you said, uh, to support them. And with rent-to-own tenants, in theory, you can fix their credit. Like I can look at somebody's situation and say, yes, in three years, we could have you 100% ready to buy a house. But that does not mean they take the steps to do the things that they need to do. Right. Um, uh, I, you know, I, have seen so many people who are kind of like ideal rent to own candidates, but in, in a sense in that they could do it cause they have the income, they have the current down payment, but it's the behaviors, right? So that's where you really got to dig in and you got to look at the habits they've had over time. Is it just an isolated thing? Like one year what things were bad. And if you look six years before that, they were fine. And you know, everything since then has been fine. That's in my mind, an indication that it might be somebody that's good for a rent to because it's truly isolated. But if you see a track record, of they've got late payments on credit cards, car payments, whatever, for like a six year track record, that to me is like, run. you know, that's, that's not going to be a, a good one. And uh, also just on the, the tenancy like screening uh, process, I really am now looking more than ever for, is there a sense of entitlement there? Um, big reason why I don't, I don't like um, anyone who kind of is, is taking any sort of free uh, incentive or, or free program or free money. Uh, I would much prefer to take the person who who found a way to go out and earn more. Uh, you, like you said, you can kind of trust your gut. You know, do they seem like the type of person that's going to expect something from you? Or do they seem like the person? Hey, yeah, we, we like this place. Just leave us alone. Let us do our thing. Um, so yeah, I guess that's my equivalent to your gut check. That's kind of what I look for again, not to discriminate against people who are taking assistance. I mean, we're, a lot of us are in this position right now. I get it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, myself included, right? So like you said, going back to your point, you know, from, from four or five months ago, you see, you know, uh, a professional pilot, you know, X, X amount of dollar income Been there for six plus years and has a good mm-hmm. future head, it can suddenly be, you know, taken away. And um, yeah. yeah, going back to your point with the tenant screening, um, we we've, we've built in a lot of, we actually want to know why they're being declined as well. So we do mm-hmm. do the six month follow up because uh, now that we've a bit of time in building crm into the um, into the website and trying to understand a bit more of the analytics and and that's kind of interesting part of the rental business as well because it is a little bit different than your typical tenant just for the fact that they are going to own the home so like you like you said, you do get the gut feeling there's a bunch of variables, but really it just comes down to a, a few things that we need at the beginning, and then we'll kind of take it from there so yeah, they need right. the income they need the um, they need the, some sort of credit obviously to establish we don't deal yeah. with a lot of uh, bankruptcies. We do deal with people that have, you know, finished consumer proposal two years and beyond. But, um, we find that the higher closure rates that we have is typically, um, like, again, there's another person that we just did one recently with, she's uh, actually a graduate student. She's in Toronto. She's looking to buy a townhouse in Waterloo close to her family and do the commute, but she wants to get into home ownership, but she just doesn't have the down payment. So for someone like that, that's an ideal person for us because we are, are on the smaller side Uh, compared to some of the other rental companies in Ontario. Uh, It just is easier, again, to manage. So we're finding that she already has a 700-plus credit score. She's an engineer. She has a great job for for now. And Mm -hmm. um, it's just easier to help her save for that that four savings, right? And she wants to get going now. She's going to have a roommate. And it's great. We love helping people out like that. And not to say we don't help out the other end of the spectrum, but we definitely take a harder look, if you will, at those other people.
0: Okay. Uh, it's, you know, that actually is a good segue into the next thing. Cause now we, so since we're in COVID and, and you've got, you know, presumably somebody like that would be really into it cause they know how fast things are appreciating. So they kind of want to lock in at today's prices. Well, right. plus your appreciation, whatever you apply, do you do like yeah. a 5% Five. per year? Yeah. 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 So, uh, they might think, well, the market's been going up at ten. So if we can lock in in at five, then then we're winning, and uh, that's that's where your profit's sort of built in, right? When the property property goes up in value over over the couple of years, plus the cash flow, of course.
1: That's right. Yeah, the first the first JV deals we we did, we actually offered a hundred percent of the cash flow to the investor to kind of build that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, well, either the first one was my brother, so he was greedy, yeah. and he wanted it anyway. <laughs> no, like we we basically. Uh, we want to build that. So the first one, we typically will offer a 60 40 split. Uh, we're we're gearing towards getting towards a 50 50 partnership, mm-hmm. but we're all about building relationships. And hopefully, you know, people will want to do one or two a year that uh, again, majority of our investors, a lot of them actually are pilots um, that I just, you know, I was flying with, and we started talking, we're on a, you know, a couple day trip, and we're, you know, inevitably you're going to talk about family, what you do on the side, all the other things. So, uh, it was kind of, that's how I kind of built up with my confidence level with, um, talking about rent to own and how it is a great tool and investments. I always knew it was to myself and, and I just didn't know how to naturally structure a JV. So, you know, getting into the contracts and all that kind of stuff was a bit intimidating, yeah. but you know, over time you start building that confidence and you, you know, that you've done them, that you can, you can sort of sell your product because you believe in it, so it just comes yeah. a bit more naturally. That's what I'm trying to say, I guess. Too.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I, I agree completely. Like in my business, like with the, some of the student rentals that I was I was building or like you know renovating slash building for yeah. uh, for resale, it was just like I had I already owned my own. I knew how that worked, so it's just so much easier going into that conversation with selling privately yeah. to s- convey what my enthusiasm is for it. Right. It's so much easier to sell something if you're sold on it yourself. Like Absolutely. if you're, you invest in it, therefore you can say, and that's why JVs I think work so well because you're sitting yeah. down, you're saying, look, I want to manage it because I believe in this. You know, here's my challenge and you can solve that. Let's work together. Right. And I don't uh,
1: feel like a salesman because I mean, yeah. I'm, I just sit in a seat and fly. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not naturally a salesman. My dad was, my dad was in sales. My brother was in sales, yeah. but you know, so I've always had that part of the family, the entrepreneur uh, spirit, in my, you know, that I've always yeah. wanted to tap, but, you know, for me, it, did, it didn't necessarily come that naturally, but again, mm-hmm. going back to that, it did feel natural because it was something. Yeah.
0: That- yeah you know, that's, that's uh that's funny because I never thought of myself as a salesperson either. Yeah. <laughs> but, but once you're if it's just something you're so enthusiastic about, yeah. it's, uh, you it's talk like about it for hours. Yeah. You just yeah. talk about it for hours. And they will yeah. be like, I want to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, you just got to know how to, how you're going to close that. But, uh, yeah, I've heard, I heard somebody explain, uh, or refer to sales as a transference of enthusiasm. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It really is. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah.
0: And anyone who thinks that they're not a salesperson, if you've ever, you know, as a kid convinced your, your mom to, uh, buy a chocolate bar or, or
1: yeah, <laughs> my, take my, kid, my kids are great sales. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's built into us. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, no shame in that. So, uh, just, uh, you know, a couple other thoughts on rent to own. Um, sure. we mentioned that people are, are more invested. So how, how is maintenance handled in your model?
1: Yeah. So right now we're self-managing everything. So, uh, it's all within an hour radius of Brantford. So that's really easy. Actually majority of ours are are in Brantford. So it's super easy. There's one literally two minutes down the road uh, from us. So, um, it's pretty easy to self-manage right now. Um, again, being that they have money into the deal, typically $10,000 or more, um, sometimes like we had one where one lady put in $60,000 so it's very easy to manage she executed the purchase within a year so um, right now we're self managing my wife does help me a little bit uh, we have a policy in our contracts that anything up to $500 the tenant will take care of uh, the expenses so leaky toilet you know always everyone always reverts to that you know situation um, they'll take care of it uh, anything over that waypoint will cover it so we'll cover the cost but that being said we always tell the tenants like any landlord would just be transparent you know, don't, don't be afraid that you're going to you know, botch your rent own terms. If you, you have a leaky toilet and you don't want to call us cause you can't afford it that month because you had a, a car breakdown or something and you want to take care of that first. So mm-hmm. it is going to be their home. So we, we don't really see that, but just again, the transparency is always there. Uh, if the big ticket, uh, item happens like a furnace or something major, um, I put in money into each deal uh, um, individually. Each individual deal, uh, I, I'm going to actually up that. Speaking of COVID, from now now on, we always had three to four months um, coverage for you know mortgage payments, property taxes, and uh, insurance. But uh, going forward, I'm going to be putting in probably at least six months into each deal. Um, and uh, again, that's just the sign of the times. But um, they're they're very easy to self manage, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Okay. So when you say six months, are you saying like? That, that comes from you or your joint like venture a partner? reserve fund. No, that
1: actually comes from me. So Okay, so that's I, part I mean, of your structure. Yeah, that's our structure. I think other companies probably most do it as the investor mm-hmm. puts it in. But uh, again, I'm trying to build relationships, and I don't want to have to call the investor two months in, something we may have missed in the home inspection. Mm-hmm. The The tenant buyer does sign off on a form. Uh, we have an inspection form that they'll, they'll sign off, and we'll take pictures, just like I normally would in any rental situation um, that they've, they've signed off on it saying, we agree that, you know, they were, they were there, they were present during the home inspection and they, they saw everything that we saw, they get a report of the home inspection as well. And they sign off on everything, but, um, yeah, no, we're just going to put in more of a buffer, more of a reserve fund, um, just to give comfort to us and our, our investors.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely smart. And I can I can certainly resonate with that.
1: You have a lot of money into your rentals. Usually you? usually have 15000 or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good
1: though. That's good. Uh, like, I you
0: know. I It just helps me sleep at night. I mean, so many yeah. people will be like, they like, like laugh. Like, why would you do that? And I'm like, well, because yeah. then I don't worry. And I kind of just smile when I, like, when I cash all my rents. That's how I can forget that I forgot, you know, I forgot to cash a rent check. It didn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. And I it's just because like, you know, you never know that day, that day that's when right. that might might come. Um, sure. and, uh, I had a point that it was just escaping me now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll definitely, it'll, it'll come back to me. I, I was curious though, like how often are you getting a maintenance call knowing that it's just the bigger ticket items?
1: Not, not that often. Like I, I haven't had one in a while, to be honest. Um, yeah. again, it's just small stuff, stuff that I, honestly, like I find a lot of them want to learn, um, they're sort mm-hmm. of homeowners and training. Oh yeah. Uh, so, so if I can't help them immediately, if it's something urgent, um maybe a couple of months ago we had something that, that was sort of urgent. But again, I just pick up the phone and call someone. But I, I, I again I know who to call, when to you know, when to call them. So if it's a plumbing issue in Brantford, yeah. that's easy. If it's in London, again, easy. So um I've actually wholesaled some deals that were a little further away. Uh there was one in Niagara. It was a great deal. I just I wasn't quite ready to even go that far, even as ridiculous as that sounds. I just, I was very comfortable in this corridor. So, um, that's another aspect of rent to own as well. You know, there's lot, with any, um, real estate investment strategy, there's always little different options that you can do as well. And, and one of them with mm-hmm. rent to own is, you know, wholesaling, uh, to other investors through the whole deal or yeah. actual, actual companies, which we've done as well. So, um, that one was, yeah, that was in Niagara. Um, but, uh, yeah, we don't get calls too often. Um, and if we do, we, we just make the calls.
0: Yeah. We yeah. Like I, I can imagine, um, and I set my brother up with one, uh, and he would get a, you know, he'd get a call maybe every once in a while if they just needed to uh, adjust, you know,
1: yeah
0: if they wanted to do something. They might say, Hey, we want to, <laughs> we want to renovate the front foyer. You know, can we do that? Or we want to yeah. paint the walls this color. So it's kind of a different type of call. You get, you get calls from people like wanting to add value to the place we um, just had
1: one, actually, now that you mentioned about uh yeah. they wanted to paint the exterior of the house. That was the last one we had uh, and put up a partial fence. So I said, just, you know, the fencing we may need to have a look at, um, yeah. but the painting exterior, just, I talked, I called the investor uh, right away, actually just text the investor and um, I said, we're, they're thinking of painting the exterior of the house um, and just wanted to know what color. Uh, that was it. And, and that that was done. So they went ahead and did that. And obviously a lot of little projects throughout COVID people, a little more time on their hands, probably going to be more to come. So,
0: well, that's in just understanding the psychology of it, right? Like they're invested some of them, if they've, if they've put in $60,000, they're certainly not going to want to want to mess up their investment. Absolutely. Uh, But the key there is that's not their money if they don't close so that you, you keep that. So the more they're willing to put down, you kind of know, okay, these people are serious. They're really going to do um, they're going to do what it takes to buy it. Whereas if they only put down a few thousand bucks, they might be willing to just walk away from it.
1: Yeah. And that's hard to explain to people too. Cause I got a lot of people that they, they do write, you know, half their life story on an application, which is great. And we, we take everyone very seriously, but you know, out of 50 applicants we may get one rent to own deal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's how much we have to do. And, and maybe even more now with everything that's going on. But yeah. We really have to look into, you know, we, we want to help everyone if we could, but, you know, we are buying a home and, you know, mm-hmm. we have to look at worst case scenarios. So um, even the people that have large down payments, they, their income might affect it now. There's, there's different variables to each rental and deal. So
0: who is doing your, um, you know, well, who's doing your ongoing uh, credit checkups with your, your tenants to make sure that they, they continue to improve the situations, take care of the things that they need to do?
1: Yep. So right now, again, just with the self-managing, we are, we haven't taken any real um, serious credit issue uh, tenant buyers in in these eight deals that we've done. Um, So we've been fortunate with that. We do monitor it. Uh, We send out quarterly reports to our investors. Just simply uh, right now, I'm just having the tenants take pictures of the interior or exterior instead of going to the property. So that's been a bit of a shift with COVID. Um, and then everyone always obviously apologizes for the mess of the properties. But we're just trying to keep an, an update and a an tally of what's going on. And they'll also send a report. They'll pull their own report, their own credit report. A lot of them have set up with like Equifax mm-hmm. monitoring each month. And again, going to building off of, you know, our systems. We may implement that long-term to sort of cover those costs, somehow work it into the deals that yeah. we can have that. But we also have just been uh, in contact with a company called ScoreUp. Uh, who I met at Carol and it's a, it's a full credit uh, monitoring company they do a bunch of other different parts of the company, but essentially it's, it's about 1200 bucks for the whole term that they would take care of it for us. But, um, we have to just figure that out to help. So
0: they basically help you coach them into to being able to buy. Yeah.
1: They basically take, take that side of things. They actually yeah. will help them if, um, you know, there's any real credit repair issues and, 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 and help coach them essentially that, yeah. which is something that would be great for us to have as part of the team. But uh, there is a cost to it as well. Well,
0: it's all about system. So, I mean, in my opinion, I would just build that into the cost and I would charge that to the tenant and just explain it to them. Like, look, we don't want you to walk away from a deposit here. We want you to be able to buy. So this is mandatory. We require this because we care about you being able to buy. That's
1: right. Yeah.
0: I think if you sell it to them that way, like why, why wouldn't they want to do that? And and I think that that's the similar story I've heard from a lot of rental investors getting started is like the early tenants didn't end up buying because, you know, the investor just didn't have a system in place for making sure that they improved their credit. Right? Right, right. It's still not the investor's fault, but I mean, if there's something you can do as the investor to help that tenant be able to buy, obviously everybody's going to feel better about that at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. And like you said, they should want to do it as well. It shows again, mm-hmm. going back to the deposit, the more they have invested in the deal, um, the more likely they are they to close on it as well. So
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Some, some people are a little misguided in their enthusiasm, but uh, so <laughs> you got to keep an eye out for that too. Yeah, for uh, sure. What's, uh, I'm assuming you've got a deal that's closed, uh, you know, start to finish. Uh, yeah. On right yeah, zone had,
1: that, yeah. yeah. We've had a few, a few are still to, coming up, but yep.
0: yeah. Yeah. Do you have one that you could share like numbers on, like a completed deal, like what you bought it for, what you sold it for?
1: Sure. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, so the last one we did, um, it was in Brantford. Um, okay. so this was one that I did prior to, it was a, it was a personal one I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was in, yeah, in Brantford, it was the purchase price was around $400,000. This is going off the top of my head. Okay. Um, and we we sold it for we did five percent so it was four sixty three fifty is what the terms were the sale price the sale price sold privately every that's a good thing we're to own too. everything's done privately at the end um on legal fees but yeah yeah
0: so so your sale is four four sixty three so you're about a sixty three thousand uh, dollar increase so sixty three thousand five hundred yeah minus less- the mortgage pay down. Uh, so, yeah, you would have had mortgage pay down that, that whole time. You would have cash flowed the whole time. Yeah. So, what do you figure you, you paid down on the mortgage over the course of, was it two, three years?
1: Yeah. Jeez. Uh, I probably, uh, I, I'm not sure, to be honest. It was both three, 4% a year, I guess would be.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll just crunch. Was, kind was of it three easy. years? Was yeah, it, three it was years? a three year. Yeah. So, okay. So, let's say you did 80% of 400. So, times yeah. 0.8 and then times. Uh, to the power, uh, three. Did I do that right No, I did that way wrong. Uh, trying to skip a step here. I'm just going to do it. So it was around like 300
1: K or something like that. Uh,
0: uh, Yeah. Your end, your end mortgage. Yeah. So if if it was 3% a year, you would have paid off 30,000. Yeah. um, so your initial mortgage would have been approximately three hundred and twenty. You would have paid off about three hundred or, or yeah. thirty thousand. Yeah. So maybe you're around two two ninety. Two ninety, sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so you had let's call it twenty eight thousand in mortgage pay down, and that was over the three year. And then you would have had less your legals. Yeah. And then you would have had some cash flow in that time. So let's yeah. just say, what was it, your cash flow? It over was about five hundred
1: bucks a month. That one.
0: So it equals five hundred times. Uh, Maybe a Thirty-six more. months. Yeah. So about eighteen thousand in cash flow. And yeah. uh and then okay, so so you're so then we're just gonna subtract off your legals, which is your only expense other than that's right. We've uh, we've covered here. So yeah. uh legals would have been what, fifteen hundred bucks?
1: Yeah, it was about twelve hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah, twelve hundred bucks.
0: Okay, so what was your net profit on that deal? This is why rent to own looks <laughs> so freaking good. So so four hundred and sixty-three thousand um plus the thirty thousand uh and mortgage pay down is you paid down your mortgage and you had less to pay out when you sold the place and then cash flow of 18,000 over the course of three years. Uh, and then we're just going to subtract away the uh, 400,000 you purchased it for. So that's $110,000 in profit on -hmm. a three year deal that how many hours would you say that really took?
1: No, not, not much at all. To be honest, Andrew, like very easy, great, great family, easy, easy to manage, not a lot of issues. Um, the house was maybe yeah. seven eight years old um, in the West Brant area, so very easy to manage again self managed it uh, obviously, I paid some taxes on that, but you know that's mm-hmm. um you know yeah that 's how amazing and and obviously you get homeowners now so who I I still keep in contact with.
0: That's the coolest thing. It's a, it's a true win, win, win if you can, if you can do it right. Um, So yeah, I mean, even, even the lenders winning They're they're lending some money and making some interest and you're making profit. Tenant gets a house uh, where they might not have otherwise and they get the house they wanted. They get to move in three years early. And as far as, Maintenance calls—you're not getting them. I mean, of course, we can all put systems in place. I look at this as a as a type of system. It's a system uh, that's kind of got its own built-in fundamentals to prevent yep. the tenant from calling you. Yes. Um, yes, You know, in in my circumstance, I, I've got my system, so I'm you know, I go check out my properties. I'm going to do that tomorrow. Right. Uh, you know, every every few months, I like to get and see them with my own eyes. But then I've got people I call and and uh, you know, kind of systemize that way too. But I like your checklist uh, thing. I, I need to implement more of that. Mm-hmm. I've got things that I, I kind of put on my calendar and I send out, but uh, you know, checklist is probably the next step.
1: Yeah, it's basically about a, it's a five-step process is the way we look at it for rent-to-own. So from beginning to end, it typically is, you know, we, we like to tell the tenant buyers, that's the big thing, you know, how, how quickly can I move in? Obviously it depends on, you know, the situation where, what house we buy and closing and dates and flexibility, but it's typically, we could move four to six weeks. And as we, you know, build off of the rent owns we've done, we are finding it easier to attract the JV partners. Um, yeah you know, so we use MailChimp and stuff to put out the deals and whatnot, but essentially we have three or four in our, in our back pocket that are looking for a specific deal. So whether that may be this one guy that was looking specifically for a two year rent to own, and he only wants to put in like $50,000 or less. So mm-hmm. there's certain criteria that needs to be met, but um, there are people now that we're, we're seeing with these deals coming coming due and closing that want to do another one. So yeah, I really feel like you only need, like I was always a bit weary of JVs. Um, I just, I find it's easy with my home because there's typically only one JV partner and it's either just a husband and wife or one person that we're dealing with. So it's very easy to communicate. It's easy to, um, you know, not negotiate, but to go, go over the deal with and explain the deal, I should say. Um, and then it's, it's, it's really just a matter of uh, building up a relationship between eight to 10, uh, really solid investors, right? So yeah. you don't have to have a huge pool or network of investors if you do it properly. So, um, we only do about, you know, we we were trying to average one, one a month. So that's sort of our, that's been our goal from the beginning, but I do see how you, you could scale it pretty large if you have the right systems in, in place. So
0: averaging one a month, including the ones that you're just selling.
1: Yeah. Like, so we sold yeah. a few
0: wholesale a few. Yeah. So
1: we, we pretty much met that target last year with the wholesales, um, mm-hmm. which I'm okay with. Um, but yeah, that's sort of our goal this year. It might change a little bit. Just, yeah. we have some other things going on, but
0: you'd probably know better than I, uh, Jag. So Alfonso from Jag properties, yeah. he was on here and I think, I don't know how many they're doing, but I, I feel like they don't like to wholesale them. I feel like he wants to JV. No, everything,
1: right? I, I'll wholesale to them. If I have yeah. To, but <laughs> yeah, no, they, um, they're obviously yeah. one of the biggest, they're great. Adam and, and yeah. Alfonso, Cheryl, all yeah. of them have been really great to me. Um, mm-hmm. I, actually I, at the beginning, like last year, I had many calls with uh, Alfonso yeah. and, and even Adam, any questions I had, they're very open. And that's the thing about the community, right? Even, everything across the board, any, any sort of, uh, investment strategy and essentially everyone's there for each other, um, to help each other out, see each other succeed. So I think yeah. they did, they did about 140 plus probably now, and I think they've closed on maybe 40 plus at this point. So that's a retirement strategy right there. Absolutely. <laughs> the only, the only they negative, do they do other things too, right? Yeah. So
0: yeah. the only big negative with rent to own. That I think, if you're doing it right, it's that yep. you got to sell the property.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's true. You do leave money yeah. on the table. Absolutely. Well, especially as recent as you know, COVID, you would leave money on the table. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's definitely a down. But again, we're, we're doing volume. We're okay with that. And again, the whole point yeah. of it is to help someone out and make a little money as well. So.
0: Do you have a plan in place? Like if, if for some reason, I mean, obviously with the situation at hand, if we do see a a slight contraction in value, uh, do you have a plan in place? And what will that do to some of your tenants uh, trying to buy out? Will, you know, will they just say, you know, you say, Hey, that's the price, the price, if you can't buy, you can't buy, or will you try and work with them? How will you handle that?
1: Yeah, we definitely have to work with them. It's a great question and that often comes up with uh, our initial 15-minute phone call about, you know, ac- exit strategies for the tenant buyer. So, a, if they want to purchase early, is always a big one and we- we're fine with that. They can execute they just have to pay the penalty for the mortgage because typically mm-hmm. we'll do the mortgage term for the uh, the term of the rent-to-own. Right. Um, we are shipping now. We're almost looking at now other than these two as we're doing rent-to-owns underwriting them as uh, pre approvals So they may not be doing the deals right now, which is are kind of, everyone's kind mm-hmm. of waiting to see what happens. So that goes along with our business structures. So we're getting people ready to go. might not mean that they're going to be out looking right now just with their jobs and stuff, but, um, definitely, um, yeah, like moving forward, it's, it's uh, something that we're going to have to change as well. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, hope, you know, hopefully we see market rebound and just you know, yeah, continue yeah. on. I, I mean, who knows right now? Uh, yeah, that's, there, that's it's, a it's whole a, other conversation. If,
1: and if the price change story, like, I mean, we have to come in line with what the house is going to appraise at. So again, we may need to come down a little bit with the, say, you know, if it was a $500,000 home that we had set at the, at the beginning of the term, you know, if it, if it's only you know, appraising and they're ready to execute, and it only comes in at uh you know, 490 or 485 or whatnot, like we will sell a property. Um, we'll have to have that discussion with the investor. We haven't come across that yet. Luckily we don't have a first one doesn't close this year until November. So we are starting obviously to look at that very closer and monitor the situation, but Mm -hmm. um, we'll just deal with it on a case by case basis. So,
0: Yeah, that makes sense. You always just kind of have to adjust and do what makes the most reasonable sense. Um, So what's in it for you long, long long-term? Like what are your long-term goals with all this? What are you trying to achieve?
1: Yeah, basically just the the age old of generational wealth. So two young kids, um, trying to set them up um, for success as well. Um, It's been great having my wife on board, very supportive wife and family. Um, And long term, I'd like to get into more of the multifamily. That's sort of where I'm pivoting now. I'm still hundred percent in rent to own in the business, but using that money um, a little bit more to live on maybe right now than we would would have liked to have. But uh, also that those chunks of money that we, we do make off the rental and deals we're cycling back into real estate. So looking at more long-term buy and holds because ultimately that's, we know what builds the wealth. Um, and that's the goal. So yeah, we're looking at, any, you know, five units and up. Um, we're just constantly just looking for deals outsourced, looking, you know, wholesalers, uh, joining their lists, you know, scouring Kijiji, whatever it may be to try yeah. and find those deals. They're hard to come by obviously, but, um, they are out there.
0: I was uh, going to ask you, is that where you're finding your leads through Kijiji?
1: Yeah. So that was basically, uh, from the guy who's coaching me now, uh, he bought a 12 plex recently in London. Um, and that's how he found it through Kijiji. So just using Kijiji, um, going through for rent by owner. So looking at maybe someone who put up a, a shot of their building or even just an interior shot and just, just, you know, politely asking them if they have any interest of selling. Um, and if they don't, that's great. Obviously you're going to get a lot of no's, but that's part of the business. Um, okay. and just putting in a lot of offers. So just, you know, running numbers, having conversations This last time we're, we're working with, um, uh, So strategic financing, yeah. um, things like that. So, yeah.
0: So it's all part of the toolkit.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah.
0: Vendor take backs for anyone not familiar that, uh, you know, Google it, figure out what it is. Uh, we've talked about it a few times. I think John Kepler's episode, we went into it pretty deep. Uh, if you want to dig back, I think that was episode, 29 or so. Uh, but yeah, great tool, right? If you can get seller financing, the sellers, you know, maybe they got more money than they know what they, they need, need to do it. They just don't want the building anymore. They might actually love to get a nice little return. Uh, if you, if you uh, do a vendor take back mortgage with them, they can get a monthly payment out of that. So Absolutely. Um, very cool. Uh, Kevin, if people wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way?
1: Yeah, sure. So you can go uh, directly to our website and contact me through there. It's uh, WaypointProperties.ca. waypoint Uh, also my email address, you can send me a message. It's Kevin at waypointproperties.ca. Um, and also uh, on Instagram, we're just uh, waypointproperties.ca as well.
0: Awesome. I'll put those, uh, those links. And just before we go, if you, uh, if you could share one piece of wisdom, uh, the biggest piece of wisdom you got, uh, for new real estate investors, people wanting to grow their portfolio, uh, what, what do you got?
1: um simply i just say just get out there and do it just take action um i'm I'm a bit of an introvert and so going to meetings uh has been a huge part a huge component of growing personally and uh and in the business so getting out there meeting people kind of putting yourself out there a little bit maybe you know, on social media i know andrew you kind of you know not struggle with it but you know because we now realize the power of that as well which you know it's yeah. hard to overcome, but so yeah, just kind of get out there, get, kind of get outside of your, outside of your comfort zone and get out of your head. Um, mm-hmm. put lots of offers in, don't be scared and, and seek advice, uh, where you see fits and, uh, don't just try to to, to do it on yeah. your own. Definitely seek the support of others.
0: Yeah. I love that. You're, and I forget the name of it, but that you joined that, uh, that care group up. care up, like yep. if case in point, like just a, the exact way you want to approach real estate, like yep. find experts, learn what they're doing Exactly. And, and copy it absolutely, <laughs> and that's then right. innovate once you got it down. That's <laughs> don't, right. Tweak, don't, tweak
1: it a little bit and stuff. Yeah,
0: don't reinvent the wheel. Reinventing right. the wheel is a recipe for disaster in absolutely. a lot of cases. Yeah. So yeah. Absolutely. Uh, very cool, Kevin. Really appreciate it. I know that uh, this is this is cool because you're only the the second person that's even talked about renton on here. Awesome. Um, you know, and and we definitely took a little bit of a different approach at it today. So I'm yeah. sure people are going to get a lot of value out of it. So thank definitely. you. Thanks.
1: Thank you very much, Andrew. It's been a pleasure. Like I said, I've been listening to you since day one. On the commute and stuff, so I um, I definitely have a lot of respect for you and what you're doing. So thank you,
0: appreciate the support. All right, Kevin, we'll, uh, right. we'll stay in touch and and let me know how you're uh, how you're progressing with this. I will. All right, take care, yeah. Andrew. Talk soon. Okay thanks for watching today's episode just a friendly reminder to please rate and review this podcast on itunes if you're watching on youtube make sure that you smash the like and subscribe and notification bell Uh, and also leave a comment and hey while you're at it why not share this episode with somebody you think it could help it helps this podcast grow and i would really appreciate it thanks again we'll see you on the next episode